I'm all about the good vibes, the good vibes. We bout to have a good time, a good time. Leave my problems all behind, all behind. We living out the good life, the good life, yeah. I ain't gotta worry about a thing. Oh no. Had some obstacles I overcame. Everybody, it's your boy Kenny Clutch on another episode of the Clutch Vision Podcast. I got another special heavy hitter, a special, special guest in the building, all the way from Cali, California. My man, the seven footer himself, Mr. Ryan Hollins. What's going on, brother? How you doing? What's up, man? Been too long, man. We overdue for this, man. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. We've been chopping it up for a minute. I appreciate you coming on to the show. For those don't, that don't know who Ryan Hollins is, he is a, a TV personality and also um, a, a member of the NBA, well, former member of the NBA in that brotherhood. Um, how many years did you do in the NBA, Ryan? Ten. Ten. Ten years in the NBA, which is hard to do. Some guys are out in four, maybe five years, if that. You know, um, my man Ryan has done ten years in the NBA. He is a, a husband, a father, and a leader, so we're going to chop it up. For you guys on the Clutch Vision podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, uh, comment below, share this with somebody, share it with your mama, your auntie, your grandma, your uncle, whoever, uh, because we're gonna drop some nuggets for you guys, man. Listen, brother, um, for those that don't know you, you know, um, and as we broaden our audiences, you know, one, I know you as a as a positive being, you know, um, a spiritual man, and you know, you you inspire me, brother. Just you know, just off of your your grind, your hustle, and being a leader, man. Um, for those that don't know, who is Ryan Hollins, the husband, the father, and who is Ryan Hollins, the, the TV personality and NBA player? Man, for me, um, I want to make sure, you know, everything I do honors God and honors my family first. Absolutely. You know, before anything else, you know, so uh, that that's the biggest thing I, I want to put across uh man i'm i'm just i'm an overachiever bro like pretty much like at the end of the day uh i had to work hard as we you know we alluded to for everything i had have had and uh you know continue to work and uh i think the biggest thing biggest misconception is people don't always see your work behind the scenes so they don't appreciate what you do in front of the scenes right you watch somebody really grind like you you understand but you know, some people think you made it to the NBA because you're tall. You made it to broadcasting because you played to the NBA. You know, you made it here just because because of this, because of this, because of that. People don't always look at it because of you and they don't know. They don't understand how hard a craft may be. And I think even, like, for myself, you know, it was it was ingrained in me. But, you know, I always just try to be a hardworking, resilient, strong-minded person right. in my mind. That's, that, that's ultimately my goals of who, of who I am. Mm. Dope, man, dope. So, you know, um, so how long have you been in um, in journalism broadcasting since you retired from the NBA? No, so I, 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 a year, the next year, I went and played overseas. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'd always done radio, done media, uh, then kind of worked towards that before I retired. 
Mm-hmm. And when I got back, uh, that's when I got into got into the broadcast media. So I want to say maybe going on my third year now, possibly going on my third year now. Um, so everything I'm doing, this is like extremely, extremely new to me. But it's I mean, it's a craft. I enjoy the challenge and getting better at it. Right. And, and so we're we're in a as a country and as a global world, rather, we're in a, a transition. Right. So if you can speak about the, the transition from MBA into your, your new career, how does how, how was that that transition for you and your family? Man, well, I really had the blessing uh, to play 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the nice thing is, you know, they always say smooth transition. They will, you know, kind of address that with us, you know, with the players. And for me, the transition was decently smooth, but it wasn't just smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had worked at the broadcast and doing radio and things of that sort before I retired. So the first time I stepped into a microphone post, uh, you know, post basketball, it wasn't my first go around. Mm-hmm. So that was smooth but to me the business side was completely different mm-hmm. you know i had been working at a radio station and i didn't know i was supposed to be getting paid mm-hmm. and i had done over a certain number of appearances and, and actually hosted a show for free right you know money i didn't recoup and you know for me then i would go the other way and i'll be too aggressive in negotiating and saying now you gotta pay me this this and this before i show up anywhere for you mm-hmm. you know Right. And that that went south. That kind of went the other way. So I just believe it was really it was really and still is a huge growing process in there. But, you know, in terms of media, I'm always thinking of like the, the business of it, yeah. you know, versus just what it is like basketball. I didn't understand the business of basketball. So later, like I used to think like, man, you you go get buckets, you're going to play in the game. Right. Like, not bro, like you're paid a certain amount. You're in a contract for a certain amount of years. Like. You know, just because you don't play doesn't mean you're a bad player. It means the guy in front of you is better. Maybe his contract is about to be up. There's a lot of different variables. So trying to learn that side on the media side was a whole different monster. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm still learning how to position myself and how to, you know, do well on this side. Mm-hmm. Dope, man. Dope. So in in terms of, like, you know, your family and, and how, like – I always wanted to know how is it handling both family and NBA life um, collectively together? You know, um, you know, I don't, how many kids do you have again? I got four. Four kids. I, yeah, I got four. four. We got, we both, we both in the Thanks. same boat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I know from a dance perspective, traveling can get um, kind of hectic uh, going from city to city to, you know, doing tours or doing, um, teaching in, in different dance studios um, to, you know, to make sure that your family is taken care of, you know, is it, is it the same thing for, uh, you know, NBA players as well too? Yeah, you, you're in an intriguing place uh, in the NBA as a father because, you know, for myself, I was to the point where when I was home, I'd be home with the kids. Mm-hmm. But while playing, sometimes you get so top bogged down with playing that once you get home, you want to just lay out. Right. Like I've been traveling for two weeks straight. Like I get home, I just want to lay out. Right. And, you know, the kids are kind of accept that. You know, the wife accepts it. Um, it's nice because you don't have to worry about things financially. Um, mm-hmm. If that makes sense, you get to, you know, kind of hold that. Um, but you, you're not really necessarily present the way you want to be present mm-hmm. um, for me. Like, now I'm enjoying the intimacies of my kids uh, in the sense of, hey, like doing homework with them, 
Yeah. They make sure that they That's act in the right, right. way. Right? Like, yeah. like I'm in there with you or like right. looking over you, like, nah, right. this is what we're doing. So I believe I get to do more of that mm-hmm. than just the, the the soft exterior outside, outside stuff. Like, hey, we gotta I gotta build you and mold you and shape you. And also, like Kenny, you know, like when your kids get older, you can have different conversation with them. You can teach them different things. You're not just, you know, when your kids are little, like you're babysitting. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? Like right. you're babysitting. Right. There's not, a crazy amount of teaching that's involved uh but i think I'm, I'm enjoying the older they get the more that i get to pour into them but just even as a father i just believe i've grown so much man so much yeah and it's like in and now even during this time that we're in you know you you get to learn even more about your kids because they're not in school they're being homeschooled right now and you actually get your six hours back in the day six seven hours back in the day where they would really be at school but now you know, they're, they're with you. And so right. what, what new things are you learning about your children being that, you, that you're getting six, seven hours back in the day with them? Man, I feel like, <laughs> like athletically, there's so much that they can unlock. Mm. You know, maybe that's the superficial thought, but like, you know, we'll exercise. I'll have them working out. And I'm like, dude, y'all don't even know how, like, how equipped y'all are. Mm. Like, it's crazy. Like, my oldest daughter, Lauren, so Lauren is she's tall like me. She's built Lauren and Chris are built exactly like me. Eve is built Eve has the best of both worlds. She has like her mom's strength and agility mm-hmm. in my height. <laughs> like nice, Lauren, nice. like she's crazy. But like Lauren and like tap out of exercises, like, mm. well, I can't do this. I can't do this. But it'll come to her grip and she'll grab you and you'll turn it look like bro, like a grown wow. man just grabbed me. Like this is wow. crazy. And Chris. Chris is the kid that when he locks his mind on something, he'll do it. I'm like, Chris, do 100 push-ups. Mm-hmm. He can't really do one push-up, but he's going to do 100 his way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, do some sit-ups. And then, man, I played around with him a little bit after three workouts, bro. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, he's strong. Right, right. Where did that come from? Then my little one, bro, she hops on my back. Keep in mind, when kids, little kids three years old aren't supposed to hop on your back, bro. Right. She hops on my back. She's hanging on herself. No, I'm, I have no hands on her. And I'm comfortable. You know, like, she's locked in. Yeah. Then she's so comfortable, she took one hand, locked in, and start climbing up me and wow. climbing over my head. Wow. Now, other kids can't do that. Wow. Bro, I seen her jump off of, a like, a tabletop onto a trampoline with no problem. I'm like, yo, like, this is crazy, bro. Yes. And right. then in, the, in schoolwork, I just feel like we could run, bro, because... I have them set up on the, the little computer program, but it's like, yo, okay, you finished your third grade math. We're going to fourth grade now. Right. And we're right. going to fourth grade and so on and so on. So we get like, we get our English, our math, and our, our science, and then we got animal videos in the background, and then like, let's paint, let's kick it, let's go on a walk. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's That's very, dope. man, I feel like as a family, it's like selfish family right. time. Right. Like, there's no such thing, but like, we're selfish. Like, right. no, you all day. Right. And your wife is cooking, bro. I don't, Kenny. I know your wife yeah. is cooking like crazy. I know you look. We got, the rice, like, we got the rice and beans. We got all of that <laughs> popping. And so, and, and you know, is what's crazy is that me and my wife we were talking the other day on how much time you know we actually get to spend with the kids now, mm. and it's wild because there are reports that are out there now that the rate of domestic violence and child abuse has gone up since the COVID nineteen is has occurred you know what i'm saying and it's like parents you know are not having enough 
patience, uh, you know, with their children being inside the house, meaning like, you know, they got a lot of energy that they got to burn off. You know what I'm saying? I get it. You, you, you want to, you want to, cause listen, I'm not, we're not perfect too, but it's a way in a structure um, to, to handle that. And then you got relationships or whatever that are being tested right now, you know, and from, from a spiritual standpoint, it's like God is saying like, look, I need you isolated because I need to fix this. You know, you need to fix who you are, fix, you know, what I, what I called you to be. Um, if you could add to that, what advice do you give to parents and, and people that are in marriages in that situation right now? Don't go nowhere, man. Yeah. Don't, don't let the fight. Don't be afraid of the fight. Right. But just be willing to, to come to terms at the end of it. Right. Like, don't be afraid. Like, hey, man, like, I got to relearn my wife again. Like, but the other side is beautiful. Mm. Like, don't be afraid to fight. Right. Don't be afraid to question, to ask, to learn, to grow. Mm. I'm not saying literally go wild, but like, don't be afraid because the other side is crazy. And we live in a society that's so parentless, so so fatherless, so motherless, so loveless. Like, and that's what to me was killed our youth. This, what are, what are they, the, 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 the I want it now, the immediate satisfaction, no work, you know, all, all glory, no, no work. Like, you know, that's, and we have a chance to change all that, bro. So yeah. I just really look at that as a huge, Kenny, like a huge opportunity, bro, Absolutely. for the families, for like families to come back. And yeah. I think just, I, I'm sorry, like, like if I'm an officer coming out and y'all get in a fight, like y'all figure it out. Right. Y'all figure it out. Like, low right. key, y'all figure, don't, I mean, don't, don't hurt them. Don't kill them. Right. Don't kill them now. But look, it's like, what, how was it back in the day? You go outside, you playing with your, your cousins or your brothers, your sister. You know what I'm saying? My boys right now, they go outside, they go, they play football, they play basketball or whatever, and then they start arguing over something. And then they come inside, daddy, like he did this, so he did that, and he won't let me do this. Go, yo, figure it out. Cause yeah. I, like, figure it out. Cause I'm not gonna be here all the time. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I feel that like a lot of people just don't wanna put in the work to figure to figuring things out. And just just to go back a little bit to, you know, your stint in the <laughs> NBA, like your the work that it takes just to get to that level. You know Hey bro. <laughs> I, I hate to cut you off. Go ahead. You just talking about my son and my daughter were arguing, the two middle ones, Chris and Lauren. Uh-huh. And and Lauren, Chris grinded Lauren's gears because Chris was on some real stuff because Chris is so a hundred percent. Lauren mm. wasn't giving a hundred percent. He said some real stuff to her and he mm. triggered her. Mm. And then she took off on him. And he was like, you have anger issues. Mm. You don't know how to express your emotions without losing it sudden. Like is he sounded like a therapist. Mm. It was so it was so real. I was like, yo, what the heck? I'm like, mm. yo, my son is deep. Mm. But I like part of it was just kind of I let him play it out a little bit, but like yeah, right. he said. You don't know how to handle your emotions. Hmm. You, you know, you're, you're, you have anger issues. Like, right. what? Right. <laughs> and, how, and how old are they again? He's eight and she's 11. Wow. And he start, he start like, crying. Wow. Like we, we consoled him afterwards, but, like, it was a cry out of, like, Love. frustrated. Yeah. Like, you better. Yeah. You better than this. Why, are you, right. why aren't you handling this the right way? Like, mm. I'm your brother. And I'm like, mm. dang. Right. He, he got at it with some real stuff, but I didn't even know he was deep. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and doesn't that frustrate you, like, when you see people that have so much potential and it's like you, it's like you want it more than them. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, 
I can't want it more than you. Nice. You gotta, you gotta want this. Like you have to want this. How do you, uh, in your opinion, like what I say all the time, I said, when you change the mind, we change, when we change the mind, we change the game. Mentally, oh. some people are like, they don't, they don't know how to change their mentality because of the culture that they grew up in. Right. And I, I say this quote a lot, uh, from Bill Gates. Bill Gates said, if you're born poor, that's not your fault. But if mm. you die poor, that is your fault, right? Mm. Now, I didn't take it as, from a financial standpoint, I took it as, if you're born with a poor mind, that's not your fault. But if you die with a poor mind, that is your fault, you know? Fault. So how do, how do we, you know, help people that, and if you're listening right now, we got Ryan Hollins, you know, um, uh, Oh my gosh, yo, NBA star, you know what I'm saying? Right here, right now, just giving, dropping knowledge for us. How do we help people change their mentality and their mental to move forward? Because I get messages all the time. People are like, I don't, I don't want to move forward. I don't know what to do. I, I, uh, I believe, you know, like Kenny, we talked about this. So like, as it applied to myself, yes. Or like, you know, we talked about the Will Smith, you know, he dropped Confucius quote, you know, those believe they can, yes. those believe they can't, they're both right. I always go back to a time when I didn't have nothing, when I wasn't an NBA player. Like, I used to watch the NBA and be like, I'm better than him. Mm. I can play in the NBA. Mm. Boom, 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 boom. I can, I can dunk. Mm -hmm. I can play in the NBA. Can you run? I can run. I'm just as fast. Am I strong? I just, got, I can, I, in my mind, I could play. I felt that I was powerful. Hmm. And even when I watch my kids, I want them to know how powerful they are. Mm -hmm. And when I thought about my dad, you know, you know, as he rests, mm -hmm. he always would in inspire in me and trigger me. You're so strong. You mm -hmm. jump so high. Mm -hmm. You're so smart. Mm. You were reading at three years old. You did this. You did that. You know, you take this parents bragging on you. But it was my dad was always telling me how smart, how strong, how whatever. Like, it almost unlocks. Like, yo, take. I remember my grandmother sat me down. She was like, pull your shoulders back. Hold your head up. You walk with pride. You're a Hollins. Wow. So never forget how, how strong you. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like, like with my kids, you have to know you're powerful. You have to know you're smart, you're funny, you're articulate, you're intelligent. You can be that. And then it grows. Mm. Uh, what I always in, in, invigorate or incite whatever you want to use in, in my kids that you guys are have superpowers because they like cartoons. Like you guys have a superpower, your superpower is intelligence. Right. But I said like the like the cartoons, you could use your superpowers for good, you could use it for bad. Mm. I call my kids out, I'll give them an assignment. They either knock the assignment out or sometimes they lollygag. And I say, you're not even using your powers. Mm. God gave you gifts. Why are you you're wasting it right now? Right. Like my daughter, I had her doing a, a plank. Mm. Plank is very hard, bro. Plank is hard for adults to do. Right. And I'm, you know, I, I press them mentally. Mm. So they're doing a plank for a certain amount of time. So my daughter, she puts her head on the floor to relieve her body weight. Mm. Then she puts one knee on top of the other and lays flat. And, and while doing the plane, I said, I was going to let you up, but you're using your intelligence for the wrong ways. Right. You're using your intelligence to problem solve how to make this easier rather than just doing it. Mm. So don't use your intelligence to sneak it. And I said, you're smart enough. She's the type of child that would never, Kenny, I swear to God, 
She would never get in trouble for anything. Right. But she would grow up mentally because like just little like turning homework. So like, but she would grow up mentally and be a monster. Wow. Because she was wait, she would waste all that intelligence. Mm. So with her, I got it. I am on her. The owner. In the sense yeah. that you have to use your intelligence for good. Mm. You can't, you can't fake it. Right. You can't fake it. So right. I'm like, that's my thing with her. Wow. If that makes sense. Yeah, but man. I'm all over her. It's all about, and, and what, you're, what you're putting out there is, is very, very simple when you really think about it. Encourage your children you know, encourage your children, be there, be, be on them. Yeah. They may not like it, you know, right now, but you're the parent you're, you know, you brought you, you through God or whatever, you brought them in this world. So don't be afraid parents to, mm. to instill, you know, discipline and encourage your children in the proper way. You know, now I get it. Some people don't come from that, that type of, uh, you know, um, uh, culture or, or anything like that, where the lineage of their family, it was always like a generational curse, you know what I mean, uh, trickled down in ways. Fortunately, you know, we have, pe you have society out there now that are showing more fathers like yourself, like myself, and like many other men that I know that are, you know, building up their children. Like, so you have examples. So parents, we got examples here, you know, there's, so there's really no excuse you know, now, so, and especially like growing up in this day and age, if you want to be, be successful, you know, then you just have to set your mind to it as cliche as it sounds, right? <laughs> like yeah, yeah. setting your mind. But really set your mind to it. Like really, really. Right. Really, really. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, so when you, when you, you went to UCLA, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Let me, can I, let me ask you Go something ahead. real quick. I want to throw this out to you. Like, Go ahead. have you had experiences where like, you give your kids the sugar pill. Cause I, I use that sometimes in a sense too. Like huh. I'd be like, Hey man, y'all do something or like come. Cause they think I'm the biggest, strongest ever. Right. And I'm like, Oh, grab me by the shoulder. Oh, right. you broke right. my arm. Oh, yeah. like, 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 like to where they feel I got the power. They like, feel, yeah. I did it the other night. So check it. Right. So I, we like my, I got, I got, you know, we got Christian and then we got two other boys. We got, Javion and Caleb, right? Uh, Caleb's 11, Javion is six. So these two, like they all day, like, like they're going crazy, right? And I said, I got to get something that's going to like drain the energy out, you know, just so that they can just get to sleep a little bit early because I got something to do tonight. <laughs> I had another, I actually had another podcast. So I wanted to like go ahead and, and get the energy out, you know, so that they can be tired enough to go to sleep. I went to Walmart. I bought some Nerf guns. <laughs> so we're going to have a Nerf gun fight. So we had a Nerf gun fight. You know, I'm tagging him up too, right? So then I come in, and then my, my, my six-year-old, Javion, got me with a headshot. I just, you know, played it off. Boom, oh, my God. Like, you know, I just laid on the floor. <laughs> and he was like, I got daddy. I got daddy. It made him feel, you know, awesome that he got me. You climbed a mountain, yo. Yeah. But then he cried because he was like, I shot daddy in the head. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, but you see like how compassionate, yeah, yeah. you know, they yeah, are yeah, yeah. too. I, I believe that's, that's so important. Like, you know, and you, you know, being, you know, who you are with your kids, it's, it's, it's important like to, to give them that, you know, mm -hmm. definitely, man. Um, and, I, and, and I say this too, you know, I even have to be even better with my wife in that too. Mm. You know, to bring it up because, like, the sometimes our biggest flaw, like a guy like me, 
Yeah. When you play in the NBA, you're so com- you assume everybody's on your wavelength of being competitive and go get it. But like, you know, we gotta make sure we encourage our wives and let them know how powerful they are too. Absolutely. But I think that's your yeah, job as a husband, wife empowered. My job is to empower you to make you a better leader, better whatever. Like and right. Kenny, I like I think we forget that like sometimes, yeah. but I know when you do it, it's great. Like, you right. know, like, hey, you can do this. But I always assume like People my whole life always told me I, what I couldn't do. Right. So I was like, you should be stubborn like me. Of course you can. <laughs> right, right, right. And, you know, and we had this conversation before where, you know, a woman's uh, first need is security. You know, and mm. women, they, they want to feel secure. They want to make sure that they feel secure from their husbands, not just, you know, you just coming along for the ride. Like, make them feel secure. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you add to, you know, how men can go ahead and, and make their, their women feel secure in life? Yeah, no, you, uh, oh, you said add to it? Yeah. Man, um, obviously your consistency by being there mm-hmm. and even your consistency after you make a mistake by still showing that you're being there. Mm-hmm. And I would say when you when you making your wife secure, you know, like you almost got to go overboard. Yeah. Because sometimes, fellas, we be like, we home, that's enough, right? Right. But like, you got to be home all year long. Like right. you got to be overboard home. Right. Like, like sometimes, like, hey, I'm showing you enough, but you got to, like, OD on it. OD. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. sometimes, and if she's secure, like, oh, no, you're not going nowhere. You're not doing nothing. Are you different? Like, sometimes you got to deal with some unreasonable demands mm-hmm. so that the heat comes off you. Right. But I know the appreciation is going to be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I believe, like, and then, you know, you got to compromise a little bit. And, you know what my, my, what's so I'm, I'm gonna ask you this i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you some so you know especially during the quarantine time or whatever you know how creative are you getting as a husband because it's like you can't go you can't take your wife out right now you know so you got to create dates kind of like inside the home like last like maybe a couple weeks ago my wife uh we did a picnic in in, in our in our backyard you know what I'm saying? like you know what I'm saying? So she decorated, you know, the whole picnic and then we started painting. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we got to compromise because you can't go out. So what do you guys yeah, want yeah. to compromise to, to continue to keep the flame going? I would say that's tough to a degree because like, you know, we got the kids and like, you got to tell them like, go down, lay down. Right. But organically, we can ride out from the morning to the evening. So, like, me and my wife, man, like, we're just spamming these shows, you know, like, that 90 Day Fiance. Like, after I'm playing my games, I'm with the kids. Like, I'm watching her. We watch her shows. Mm. So, we talk about her shows. I try to I try to get into them. You know, we take our walks. Like, because she doesn't even matter if the kids are with us. Like, we're taking a walk. Like, it just seems simple. We're going to walk in and we're appreciating the houses in the neighborhood, That's you know. Tough. Like, and you know, like me, I'm like, let's take a job. Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, no, 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 let's take a walk. Yeah. <laughs> take a walk. Yeah, like, with all that. She like, but yeah. taking a walk with her satisfies a lot of different things. Right. So for me, it's like, let's go. Or like, like if I want double points, I initiate the walk. Here you go. Here if you I want, because I'm not a walker. Right. I'm not a walker. <laughs> we right. talked about, but you but, brought it up. Like, but you're a leader and you know your family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, you, but you talked about compromise, like, you know, I would say when my marriage changed and it's still changing, but what I would say even one of the biggest changes is leading with submission. And I used to feel like a leader 
you know, like the coach in the locker room, like, get back on defense. And then I get back on defense. Right. So I, I thought that would work in the household, you know, just respond. Like, hey, don't listen to what I said, how how I said it. Listen to what I said. Like, that, right. that works. Like, right. But, you know, for me, Jesus Christ led by submission. Yes. So God is the, the head over everyone. Yes. Then there's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then there's, you know, the congregation and you and your wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to me, it fell into, hey, how, how did Jesus lead? Mm-hmm. All right, well, take note in how Jesus led. He said, my yoke is light, so I'm compassionate. Mm-hmm. He was calm. He learned. He said, you walk. And for those, you know, like to me, I, I had to really meditate on that. Like, mm-hmm. all right, like my yoke is light. For those who don't know what a yoke is, you would put two cattle or two bull together and then they would plow the yard. Right. But if my yoke is too overpowering or too passive to your yoke, mm-hmm. we can't work together because you're either going to be pulling me or I'm going to be pulling you and it's not going to work. Right. But if Jesus is saying, I'm working with you at your pace and I'm submitting to you, when I start to submit to my wife, and I still have a lot of work to do in that department, don't get me wrong, I'm definitely no, no saint. Right. She started giving back to me. And I was right. like, yo, that's new. Like, you giving back to me? Like, that's new. So that's for me something I'm still working on. But I found, like, hey, like, this this, this, this works. <laughs> yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. And I, I think, like, you know, the more we are able to compromise with, with our wives and with our spouses, you know, women as well, too, you know, the better the relationship, the better, you know, you are, you know, moving forward because you're – it's like every day you have a, a new person because we always evolve. So you always like, I say this, you're, you, you get to learn somebody and then maybe two, three years later, there's somebody new. So you got to mm. learn them all over again. You know what I'm saying? And that keeps right. the, the, the flame going. You know what I'm saying? Every two to three years, a person changes. They change who they are. They change the way they think, the way they act because we're, we're constantly growing, you know what I'm saying? And I think that that's one of the most important things that we can do, you know, in our marriages, in our relationships, and with our children. You think about your children, they're, they're growing, what, every, every oh, year? Oh, gosh, yeah. And, and they change, you, you know what I'm saying? But I want to I shift gears just, just a little bit here. I want to I I get your opinion on this. What was your greatest game in the NBA, and what was your toughest game in, in the NBA? My greatest game in the NBA, I got two, um, but I'll handpick one because I felt like it meant more. Mm-hmm. We played LeBron when I was in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and this is when LeBron was there the year before, and everybody wanted a piece of LeBron. They were mad at him. In fact, love, hate, you know, very, very thin line. Mm-hmm. So they were crazy about him, and the first time that they came to play us and you know, this is LeBron's team with him, Bosh, Wade. Like, this is like the for real, for real, like, yo, one of the greatest teams we've seen in history. Right. All on the same team. These dudes in a prime. And and um, the first time they played us, it was just anarchy at the game. But we got beat because I felt like the fans cheered for LeBron to lose rather than for us to win or for mm-hmm. something bad to happen to LeBron and want to call them traitors and all that stuff. Right. But the second time we played them, 
um, I want to win so bad. I want to win for the city, not just for the city, but for myself. But I resolved in myself, we weren't going to lose this game. That's right. Yeah. I was going to do anything to I could to win this game. It's every once in a while as a player, you get in those zones. And that was my zone game to where you go back and watch the game. I pretty much made every like perfect play. Mm. Like it was a block shot, I got it. If it was mm. a rebound, I got it. If it was going a bucket or a free hands. throw, I got it. <laughs> going like, ham with it was anything. If it was LeBron driving to the hole, I stopped him. Mm. It was Wade cutting back door. I had like I. It was just one of those games you make every play because I just resolved not to lose. Right. And the momentum came and. Shoot, I might have been for a week, bro, ah. <laughs> or a day, or whatever. Yeah, you know. I might have been the king of the NBA, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least that time. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, you know, that was my finest games, you know. And for me, the the mental part took over. I've always been a man of passion and emotion and flair and energy, but I was mentally seeing the game, mm. that game, that makes sense. You should, you can't even go on YouTube and see it, but. You know, it's funny in Cleveland, you know, they should never, never forget that. I don't really get hailed for that. I mean, some people really remember, thank you, thank you, thank you, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like, yo, like I should be good in Cleveland for life after that yeah, game. For life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what's up, man. That's crazy. Yeah, because, you know, it's like you're the when the challenge comes, it's like either you're going to do two things. Either you're going to fold or you're going to rise to the occasion. You know what I'm saying? And you 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 went ahead and, and, and rose to the occasion because that doesn't happen to everybody. And Kenny, the first time we played, mm -hmm. I was so I wanted it so bad. Don't give me my I was just so emotional mm. to it. Right. That I was I was out of whack. Wow. Wow. So like you can want something so bad, but if you're not thinking and strategical and putting it to, like mm. it won't work. Wow. Your emotions have to be in check. Mm. It's like a mini game. Yeah. Like, hey, box out. Now run to the sideline. Now go from the sideline and all right, just beat your man down the floor. We're racing. Right. Okay, now the ball goes off the glass. Let's see who can get the ball, me or you. Right. I was mentally taking myself through all these mini games. Wow. If that made sense, rather yeah. than just just the emotions. So so that brings me to my question. How important is uh foundation in life? Like, how important is just, just having found, you know, a really good foundation in order for you to be successful? Foundation is everything. Mm. And some of us are privileged to have it or be top the foundations. And some of us had to tear down some layers to get to our foundation to restart it, right. to trigger it back up. And we don't even realize uh, where those bad, poor foundations come from. Mm -hmm. So, like, you talked about, Kenny, um, some of us, you know, are born rich. Some of us are born poor, but there's not an excuse to be for you to be mentally right. not rich. Right. So I was, I was spoiled because we didn't grow up rich, but my dad made me mentally rich. He invigorated confidence in myself. And one of his, you know, most important lessons he taught me, this is you talking about laying the foundation. Um, we would play basketball in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Me and my dad would go play ball and, you know, he had certain rules behind what we played. So he would only shoot jump shots. Mm -hmm. And I got to go to the hole, but if, if I went to the hole, he would swat it. Right. But if I stayed out and shot a jump shot, he would let me shoot it. So um, one game, I, I beat my dad. And I get cocky because yeah. as a Hollins, I can trash talk with the best of them. Keep, right, keep, right. You know? right. So 
I'm talking trash to my dad. Now my dad is, I'm a, probably my son's age. I'm eight to 10 years old. Mm-hmm. My dad is like six, four, six, five, you know, 235 pounds. He's a freak athlete. He's not a basketball player, but he's definitely, he's an athlete. Like I will run into him and fall over, like mm-hmm. even beyond being a kid. And I was talking trash to him and he put a whooping on me mm-hmm. when we played a basketball whooping, not that type of whooping. He would right. be like that right. basketball whooping. And he started trash talking me. Mm. My dad's the godfather of this trash talk. So when he started doing it, he started giving it to me. Mm. Knock it down two. Mm. I need to see three. Mm. Now that's four. I need some more. Give yeah. me five. Now I got to have six. He's talking trash. He's hitting three. My dad couldn't even shoot the ball. He's hitting threes. He's pouring it off. Mm. And I start getting so fed up with his trash talk that. I, my eyes start watering up, welled up, and I got frustrated, I got mad, and I said, I quit, man. I'm, I'm not playing again, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I started walking down the driveway. We had a long driveway in the backyard. And I was walking down, and I heard his name, Ryan, hey, Ryan, come here. And I turned, you know, that humble walk back, you don't want to come back, but I'm, I'm walking back. And uh, I get over to him, and he says, uh, son, Make sure for the rest of your life, you never quit anything. Mm. So I don't care how hard it gets, how tough these moments are, no matter what happens, you never quit. You never, ever, ever quit. And I've never quit from that day forward. Now, obviously, some things make sense for you to not continue with. But as far as sports and life, I I hit a wall. We're all going to hit those walls. But my dad helped lay that foundation to where I never walk away from something when when it got hard, when it got tough. And that lasted me from college basketball to high school basketball to NBA basketball to tough times. I've been at so many points, and I know we all have. And you talked about choices earlier, the choice to quit or not. But my dad laid the foundation. And for some of us, we didn't have that dad. We are quitters. We are quitters, and we are certain things. So we had to go and pave out and go relay those foundations as you talk. But for me, it's everything. Cause I felt, I felt myself in moments and there wasn't even a second thought, but I don't even know where that came from. I'm not quitting. Wow. Dude, that was so deep, man. Like I was just invested into the story. My son was just sitting here or whatever, just now arms folded, like, like zoned in. Like (laughs) That's so crazy, man. And and this is what I want what I want to tell the people as well, too, just to kind of like add add on to that, man. Like, you know, I was always, you know, the considered the skinny kid growing up. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was I was the skinny kid. I was, you know, uh, yeah, sticks or or skin and bones or they go to little Ethiopian boy or something like that. Like we yo, shared all those names. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So Somalian. Yeah, Somalian, <laughs> like all of that. Like they used to call it. The kid or whatever that was on 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 TV with the flies on their face and stuff like yeah 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 old nineties commercials like and they they would as much as people are going to sit there and talk about you they just don't live your shoes they don't walk your life they don't see what you see because we can only see you know out of the the eyes that you are given you know what I'm saying and you gotta like understand that. Quitting should never, ever be an option, people. Like, quitting should never be an option. You should always take every challenge as an opportunity to be successful. 
you know, and I I commend, you know, people like Ryan, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I'm, you know, I'm praising you now, man, because first of all, you, you shown, you know, true how to overcome adversity, no matter what, taking life lessons and turning those life lessons into success and reaching, you know, some of the highest of the highest where like many people don't reach. And then on top of that, it's like, you're still going, like you, you still are like, okay, well, what's next? You know what I mean? Like you don't have, you're not creating the, the whole cliche term of sky's the limit, you know, especially if there's footprints on the moon. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you keep going, like what, what's your, what, what drives you to continue to, to push forward? For me, uh, my first push was, uh, you know, stubbornness. It was dreaming. You know, I would dream of the NBA. I would dream of being, you know, Charles and Ed O'Bannon at UCLA, you know, in the championship game. You know, I would dream of being, you know, Shaquille O'Neal or Kim Elijahwan, you know, the shimmy turnaround fade like a king. Mm. Uh, but now, you know, what, what drives me is my kids. And I would say, you know, it's wild. Like, I feel like to a degree I got to the NBA and my goal was just to stay there. Mm. And I played 10 years, but I wasn't an all-star. I wasn't there, but like, it was my goal. I, yeah. I never changed, redirected my goals to say, right. no, you got to be an all-star. You got to be like, and I always worked out like all-star. I didn't like, like I wasn't obsessive about it mm -hmm. because ultimately my, my goals were to stay there. So I did everything I could to stay there. So I got 10 years out of it. Mm. And that was a blessing. It's but it could have been more. So I think, now my goals is like, like a father mm -hmm. and like, Kenny, I know you know this feeling and I, I can't describe it to anybody who's not a father, but maybe for some of the upcoming fathers. But like, I remember like when my daughter was born, I remember looking at her the second I heard her voice, I felt this feeling that the money in my wallet was gone because it was hers. Mm -hmm. The choices that I made were hers. Mm -hmm. Like I live for my, my kids now. Mm. If that makes sense. Like that was my mind. Like everything just flipped because, you know, like ask yourself if you're selfish. Like your screensaver is probably the thing you value most on your cell phone. Bruh. Real right. Like and in, in indirectly. Yeah, yeah, you and the family. Yeah. Right. Indirectly. Whether you say it or not, it's just some like does it. Like the things you even post on Instagram to a degree. Yeah. Like, you know, they'll show like the most important things in your life. And like, obviously some of us, you know, post for other reasons, but generally I would say 80 to 90% of the time it is like, obviously I use my account for business rather than family. Cause I want to protect my family. Right. But you immediately push those things. Like if you ever go to a girl's page and fellas, I'm going to talk to you single fellas right now. Right. And everything on her page is a selfie of herself. She's selfish and consuming yeah. herself. Right. That's the most important thing in her life. And when I was 20 years old, you know what I used to do? I used to have a photo of myself and I would, I would put a, a, a screen on it and, mm -hmm. and I would put like a, a, you know, a background on it and I would clip pictures of myself and, yep. you know, send them like and, and store them together. And how could I like, but I was selfish at 20 years old. So it tells so much about who you are. Exactly. Exactly. So you just got to be aware, man. Wow, brother. Yo, man. Listen, we got like a little bit of time left. So I want to get this in, all right? In your opinion, right? Because I see you posted sometimes on Instagram, but I want you to let, let the people know. In your opinion, if the NBA ended today, who's your uh -huh. MVP? Uh, if the NBA ended today, 
you had to take into account, honestly, that uh, LeBron James is playing at a level that we haven't yeah. seen since Michael Jordan. Right. Uh, LeBron James gave us as a fan, you know, selfishly as a fan, like forget before I was a player, I was a fan in the league. Right. He went head to head with Kawhi Leonard and beats Kawhi Leonard, mm. um, guards him on one end and on the other end takes the ball in his hands and closes out. Um, that was the, the supposed to be the best player in the world. Mm. Um, then the next night or the night after goes against Giannis Antetokounmpo, guards Giannis straight up. Mm. The only other man who's been able to guard Giannis is Kawhi. Yeah. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo has dunked on so many people that you can only compare him to a young Shaquille O'Neal right. as far as scoring in the paint. Maybe not physically, but getting dunks at will. LeBron guards him straight up. Then LeBron goes at him, facilitates, mm. gets his teammates open, just disintegrates Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. At that point, LeBron James is on the MVP trajectory. Yeah. But if I'm going to name an MVP to stop now, as we spoke earlier, mm. I got to look at Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm. Because through the length of a season, I saw consistency. Okay. And keep in mind, consistency from a guy who won MVP last year. Mm -hmm. Now, this guy who won MVP last year, even though we love LeBron and everything about him, he's become a better player. Mm. He scores more. He rebounds more. Mm -hmm. He has more assists, more three-pointers made. Hold on, Kenny, I'm not done in mm. less minutes. Wow. So when the MVP of last year's league improves, his team has the best record in the NBA. To this point, through your, your question, if the NBA stops today – I would have to reward Giannis onto the Kupo with it, but keep in mind, like LeBron James, my man, you know, you Started know when you see up. a sprinter, yeah. you see a sprinter with the monkey on his back, he's slowing out, and the dude got the crowd cheering, yeah. LeBron was there, and LeBron was honking from behind, yeah, like, heavy, you know? heavy. I, I probably, you know, my personal opinion, you know, I I love Giannis's game. I think Giannis is yeah. is next level, man. Like for real, for real. I like yeah. Giannis. I like um, I like Kawhi's game, you know, but for me, I probably would go with LeBron. And my reasons are a little bit different just because I felt like last year he had the groin injury, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. and, and last year his, you know, the team was, eh, it was all right, you know what I mean? But they wasn't, I mean, they was in fourth or whatever before he went down. But I just feel like this year LeBron just turned on a different type of mentality um in a different approach um this year than he did when, when from his first year in uh with the lakers that's just me you know so i kind of like wanted to see him get it this year um mm. so right now that's that's my, my my vote would be you know for lebron um over uh Giannis just because and another thing is i feel like Le lebron was going to turn it up even more in the playoffs i haven't really seen i've seen Giannis fold in the playoffs uh the past two years you know what i'm saying so he's got to get over that hump or whatever. But last year, Giannis was the dude, like, hands down. Like, there was yep. no there was no question there. But I think with the two games that we've seen with Giannis uh, and then, then with Kawhi, like, LeBron was just turning up. Like, he was just getting – like, to me, he was just getting heated up, you know. So, that's just – that's my vote there. But, um, but, yeah, man, we love having you on, man. I got to have you back on, brother. Absolutely, bro. Part two. Yes, we gotta do a part two, man. We get we getting cut short and everything right now. I actually gotta go do a a, a virtual uh, dance class and everything. So should tell your kids to jump on. 
hop on with the dancing dad. We about to get it popping. Hey. <laughs> so where can everybody find you at? Uh, Instagram, uh, Ryan Hollins, uh, Twitter, uh, the Ryan Hollins. Uh, man, you know, get in the comment section, you know, DM, whatever. I, I can't promise I can get to everybody, but I appreciate the love and support. You know, Kenny, I know you always show support. You holler, I get, you know, I'll have something at least you're going to want to respond to. You'll pop yes, in. Sir. <laughs> um, so that's, those are the, the, those are the best places, man. Word, 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 word. All right, brother. Listen, man, we gonna chop it up a little bit later. Uh, y'all wanna say hi to Rob? Come on, come on, come on. They've been, they've been, they've been, they've been, they've been, they've been you know what I'm saying? The boy, hey. boy say what's up to my man Ryan. What's up, <laughs> up y'all? You know what I'm saying? They, you see, I got, I got, I got, I got, uh, you know, wild, wild man right here. You know what I'm saying? This, 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 uh, this this wild man John, we're gonna call him John. <laughs> <laughs> wild man, but no, nah, it's it's uh Javion and Caleb. So they hey, just what's up, fellas? Those are some good kids, man. They said and listen to all this boring adult talk. Like yeah, yo. man. You know, they was this is the quietest they've been all day. I thought you kicked them out and they were outside. I'm gonna be honest, Kenny, because everything was, told me there's no way kids are sitting through us doing sitting bruh, through this. I, I told them that I'm gonna play play nerf guns with them tomorrow if they be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah man so listen everybody make sure you like subscribe comment you know share this with your mama your auntie your uncle your grandma your grandpa your sister your stepsister your stepbrother your stepdad your stepmom i don't care who it is make sure you get this to them we are on spotify we're on google we're on apple music we are on youtube Kenny Clutch Speaks, the Clutch Vision Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Kenny Clutch. If you want to donate anything to the podcast as a minimum of $1, please do so and support this podcast. We thank you guys. We love y'all. Remember, when we change the mind, we change the game. Peace.